0: Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another uh, another week. And this week we're doing probably our most uh, timely, timely album in that we're doing something that was just released last week when we do the self-titled album from Halloween. I'm very much looking forward to this, but before we jump in, how are you doing, bud? Uh, it's been a very interesting week <laughs>
1: of ups and downs between uh, watching the islanders play in the the third round of the stanley cup playoffs uh get absolutely shellacked and then come back and and win in overtime down to nothing and then on top of that like had uh two power outages including the most recent one that just came the power came back on about 15 minutes ago so uh but uh, i'm feeling good this album definitely helped because i listened to it all week and it is i can't wait to talk about it and It's, I I think you would agree with me in saying that this is something we never thought would we'd be able to hear going back to 1998 or so when we became huge fans of this band. Like, is something that we just never thought would be possible. It's, it
0: was a really good choice just because of the excitement factor. I was curious to see if it was going to live up to these unlofty expect, these, you know, uh, immense expectations that I, that I have for the album, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. I'll I'll tell you this. I listened to the album so much that I really didn't listen to very much else this week. And for me, that's kind of um, a bit of an anomaly. There's just one album that I really thought I I should recommend because I peek behind the curtain it's Thursday night. We've been listening to this nonstop since it came out. Um, Or at least I started listening to it over the weekend in between that basically listens. I listened to one other disc by a band called Seventh Dimension. They're a five-piece um, outfit from Stockholm, Sweden, and they play really awesome prog metal, kind of in the vein of a haken, if you will. Very, very catchy and melodic stuff. I think you especially will enjoy this, but they're not really um, – I hadn't heard of them. Apparently, this is their fourth album. It's called Black Sky – it came out just a couple of uh, a couple of days ago, I guess. I had never heard of these guys. I have to go check out the old stuff. Really, really good. And what really stuck out to me was the fact that you had this great prog metal, but with a vocalist that wasn't trying to be James LeBrie. He almost reminded me of um, the singer from Falconer in certain ways, where he's in a much much lower register. Really, really cool stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll post something during the week, and I think you'll especially get it, you know enjoy it.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I have not heard of that band either, so uh, I definitely would be curious to hear that. Anything uh, anything good that you uh, heard other than the Halloween? Um, things came out. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean I got a chance to listen to them, but I, I thought worth mentioning one thing I did uh, get to listen to that I happen to like quite a bit uh, is the um, new single from... Annette Olsen, uh, you know, formerly a uh, singer of Nightwish, who um, did a tour of duty in between uh, Taria and Floor. Um, and she did, uh, you know, what a lot of people say are, their, you know, two of their favorite Nightwish albums in uh, in um, Dark Passion Play and Imaginarium. Um, and she did a, a solo album a few years ago that was really more of like an, an alter, alternative rock album uh, not really so much of a metal album, but um, this album, I believe um, Magnus Carlson is producing it, or he definitely he has songwriting uh, song credit with Annette on this track, and the song is called Parasite, and if you like anything that uh, Magnus Carlson's put out, I mean, and you like Annette's vocals, then, I mean, this is going to be pretty much a can't miss for you. I think the song is fantastic, and it was... One of my favorite things I've heard uh, recently.
0: So- yeah, Magnus Carlsen, you want to talk about an absolute genius. Uh, obviously, we spoke about Heart Healer uh, when it came out you know, some months ago. But the, everything he touches, everything he writes is no less than good, if not great, if not spectacular. Um, this was a complete surprise to me. I had no idea she was recording a new album. I had no idea he was writing the new album. But what a good song. I, if the rest of the album is in a similar vein, it's going to be a really, really enjoyable listen. Yeah,
1: I, I can't disagree with you at all about that. Um, and then the two, two other things that came out um, actually like in the last day or two, uh, and I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, but a new, another single we mentioned that Powerwolf has a new album coming out. They uh, dropped a new single called Dancing with the Dead and um and seven spires who we spent quite a bit of time uh, talking about and interviewed uh, two of the members of the band about this upcoming album have finally announced uh the actual release of the album uh ahead of the two singles that um had been released previously and the album is going to be called gods of debauchery and along with that uh came a single that was dropped today by the same name uh along with a brand new music video so um i'm definitely looking forward to hearing that i I mentioned last week that the um the track that they recorded with uh roy khan is just like this long epic track that's uh definitely worth checking out so um i'm really looking forward to hearing another track this would be the third uh single released from the uh upcoming album and um uh let me just i i would like to be able to give a release date so let me just pull that up super quickly and that album will be released on september 10th um uh on frontiers records so um yeah 16 tracks too so it looks like it's going to be a pretty
0: meaty album and and uh, And this is another epic track right so you got they basically released two I think tracks in excess of about eight or nine minutes each. So when you put it together, that's uh, a big chunk of the album that they're actually giving a taste of. So I'm assuming there's going to be some interludes on there and stuff like that. But um, it's funny. I had other people actually send me messages earlier today that the single had dropped and had asked me if I heard it. And unfortunately the day got away from me. So I have not, I'll probably take a listen right after we're finished, but um, obviously looking forward to it. I, I, I have, very very high hopes and and if what the messages that i've been getting are any indication a lot of other people are looking forward to this as well
1: yeah yeah no doubt um and and i think after speaking with them it's made me even more excited to hear it especially um after revisiting their previous album and 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 enjoying it as much as i did um i'm excited to hear their next release and and how they follow up with something that was so uh well received like um their previous album was so uh yeah, looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, and um, with that, let's let's get to the reason why we're here. Uh, as I said, a very very interesting choice in in one regard. Um, you, this is the first time we're doing a double dip where we're going back to a band, but I think it's so fitting just because uh, I, I don't know that there was ever an album that I was looking forward to more than this one, and I and I mean that literally, just because. Uh, this was going to include, obviously, the the current lineup and the classic lineup with Kai Hansen and Michael Kisk joining the fold. Um, A very good choice. And I guess uh, I'll start by saying, what did you think? Broad strokes. It was was absolutely phenomenal. And
1: in order for an album like this to meet the expectations that the both of us had, um, which is – you know a 20 plus year love affair with this band and and being such a huge fan of both the the Kisk era especially the the two keeper albums and and then being fans of the the Darius era that would follow and you know also being fans of Gamma Ray, um i mean this I, I just don't know that they could have done a better job it's i just feel like this had such an opportunity to miss the just miss the expectation set for it and they went they came out there and they just absolutely hit it out of the park it's the best halloween album I, i i don't even know it might be the best halloween album ever i mean time will tell but um it the the songwriting by everyone in the band is so strong um the The layering of the vocals um it's not just like andy sings one song kisk sings another it's it's so much like there's kisk heavy songs and there's Darius heavy songs but they're a part of every track uh you even if it's just as backing vocals um the the guitar work with with and kai and sasha all together um it's. I mean, I, I this this could end up being of our longest episode because I have <laughs> nothing but glowing things to say about everything about this album, every track. Um, it's just, I, it, I just, I, I'm flabbergasted at, at how
0: excellent this album is. So for me, and I think I mentioned this last week, I was really scared to listen to this because it wasn't even so much as hopes or expectations. It's just that I wanted it to be good. And part of me just felt like there was no way I was going to meet, let alone exceed expectations. Um, I, I I didn't know what to expect. I When I first heard the Pumpkins United song, I didn't think it was the greatest song. I thought it was pretty good and there were parts of it that I loved. Uh, but I just didn't know what to expect. And then conversely, they released they release the single – for skyfall and i was i said to myself this track is just it got better with every listen and i loved it immediately i just couldn't believe what i was listening to after all these years and then i listened to the rest of the album and i'll I'll just say this i I do and, and i'll get into this in more detail when we talk about the song i still think skyfall is by far the best track on the disc but I would also put that track up there with any song the band ever released. I thought it was that good. And I still get chills when I listen to uh, that, that slow intro with Kisk's vocals. But I'll say this. Every other track on the disc is really good. Some some are great. But to your point, the songwriting is just they, – they hit it out of the park. And it was the perfect blend of, of Darris and kisk together with a touch of kai in there that it just made for an enjoyable listen and that's why i didn't listen to anything else this week because all i wanted to do was keep playing this album
1: yep I, i'm right there right there with you um just i, I uh, um i know this i uh i don't think i can ever go back and listen to the the skyfall edit now that i've heard the the, the full 12 minute song um it, you know it's it never drags. Um, it's 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 a great song, and and uh, I I am totally with you that it's one of your favorites. It's I don't know that it's my favorite song on the album, and and I'll mention that uh, a bit later on. But
0: um, oh my
1: god, I mean, <laughs> well,
0: well, this... let's let's let, let's go. So uh, a couple of things. Number one, as I'm going through this disc for the first time, I was trying to guess who wrote the songs, and just because I'm such a fanatic of the band. I was pretty good with it. I, I can't say that I, I knew every person that wrote every song, but I was right about 75% of the time, which was pretty good. Um, and I have some thoughts about kind of the way the album was structured and the fact that I thought it needed more songs by Marcus and Kai and stuff like that. But without any further delay, let's just get into it. The, the album starts with Out for the Glory, which quite frankly is like the perfect opener, if for no other reason than it's like a Michael Whitecalf classic. Would you agree with that? This
1: was the first song I heard on the album because it's the first song on the album, and what a way to start! Because I, I had, I was like, this. I'm I'm listening to this album for the first time. I'm putting in. I just recently got a a pair of AirPods. I was like, I'm. I need to listen to this album playing like inside my brain. Like there can be no outside distractions. Um. So this is like my really besides the edit of Skyfall. This is like my first. Yeah, and Fear of the Fallen as well, which was a single. So this is, like, my first track on the album, and it just blew my socks off. Um, I don't know if if Wykey, like, was holding on to this, knowing someday that, that Kisk would come back, but this is, like, Keeper... Imagine a Keeper era, like, with that pomp and circumstance that you get from an eagle fly free, but with, like so much better production values um this is one of the best songs that waiki has written in 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 a few years i think um absolutely fantastic and i love that they just went 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 for it and just said we're dropping this track first because i don't think a waiki song has opened up a halloween album maybe since the dark ride um and that even depends on which version of The Dark Ride you have, because Mr. Torture is the first song on some editions. So uh, I, I, like usually Wykey's songs are kind of towards the end or in the middle. And so the fact that they just come flying out with this um, Michael Kisk heavy song, it's definitely more of a, a Kisk tune. I mean, this is if you're looking to suck back in the Keeper era Halloween fans like this first track. It is the perfect way to open this album. Just absolutely balls out right from the get-go. Like just, I was locked
0: in from the, from the
1: very first track with this song.
0: Yeah. It was, and it was a very emotional start because it was really, you know, it wasn't like they kind of eased you in. It was fast. It was heavy and it was Kisk right away. And it was like, and, and I think that that to me was why I got like emotional listening to it because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I was thinking back to, you know, Kisk's unisonic material and the place vendome material, obviously his solo stuff and, and even the Avantasia stuff. I don't know that he's released a track this heavy, possibly ever. This might be the heaviest thing he's ever been on this particular track and to start the album with it. I was like, "Oh my God, you better strap in!" Plus, I knew what guy I knew the two songs that were coming up later on the album. So I said to myself, "You are three for three, right off the bat." I don't know that I don't know that I would have started with anything else. I just thought it was a perfect way to start the album.
1: Yeah, it's and it it was kind of interesting too because I'm like, man, if they're gonna start out with this, I mean, how strong is the rest of this album gonna be if if you're if you can feel confident putting this song first? Obviously, you feel pretty confident that the rest of the album can follow this and and I think it does but i I love this song it's oh man I, I'm not even sure if I've made my choice yet for my song of the week so huh. I'll just maybe so, go back to this one yeah, it might be this one, but i i it's i'm I'm listening to this to each song as we're recording in in um in a small head earpiece in my ear just to kind of jog my memory a little bit about specific portions of each song. So I will have a choice made by the end of this, but I will say out for the glory is definitely um, gunning for that song of the week title. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a
0: little bit of drama there built to build up during the episode nice and, and and you know th- this track ends and then it goes into this like slow guitar intro and what we come to is fear of the fall and the track we already heard um that had been released as the second single and this is like your quintessential Derris track but what what was interesting to me is his songwriting has improved so much over the years and I know they brought him in during Master of the Rings because they 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 liked his songwriting abilities but my god this might be one of low key his one of his best songs that he ever wrote what really I guess stuck out to me is that you know again I never really cared for some of his earlier stuff but he's gotten so much better and right and you finally got to hear this layering between him and Kisk which shocked me because I never thought this would work. It, you know, it, I thought it was going to be a train wreck, to be honest with you, because they sound so different, but somehow they make it work on this album and no clearer than on this track. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I probably listened to
1: this song a couple of times when the single was released, but uh, having listened to it a few more times, I, I would go as far as say this is my. Favorite song Andy Darris has ever composed.
0: Yeah, um, and it got better with every single listen. And like maybe I just it didn't pop for me as a single, but in in between "Out for the Glory" and "Best Time," which is kind of a unique song in its own right, it's perfectly placed. And and I agree. I'm not sure that the man has written a better song. Yeah, it's. uh I I when I first
1: heard the single, I was convinced that it was like a wikey tune. Um, I, I can't believe. I mean, not to take anything away from Andy. He writes great songs, but, I mean, to me, Wykey's always been the powerhouse songwriter for Halloween, and Sasha's has become such a great songwriter um, since leaving Freedom Call and joining Halloween, and I feel like he gets better with every album. But, um, yeah, this is some of – I mean, honestly, all of the Darius songs on this album are really strong, but this is my favorite one of those four. And, like I said, my favorite song I've ever heard him – compose it's it's just got such a an epic sound. i love the beginning the beginning kind of takes me back to like um the acoustic intro to like in the middle of a heartbeat from the master of the rings album um just like a very kind of andy Darris style like acoustic guitar intro and then just goes into the another epic this is another anthemic epic tune um and like you said, the 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 interplay between the two vocalists
0: is so well done. It, it's and isn't it shocking how well it works? I mean, because when you think about, n- never mind the tracks. <laughs> when you would hear Derris sing some of the old Keeper stuff, it was cool, and it was certainly a different take. But he's not Michael Kisk. and in many ways, if you if you were to listen to Michael Kisk sing, you know. Uh, where the rain grows, it would just be a little bit different. It doesn't have that gruff, um, that 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 typical deris, um you know, power behind it in certain ways. It's just a different type of sound. But yet here we are. You put the two together, and it's like it's like magic.
1: It's almost as if they're both singing in the same key, but just in a different octave, and they're just like it's it's interesting because I know that you listen to the. Uh, the interview that they both did with chris jericho on his talk is jericho podcast and even they sounded like they were kind of surprised at how how well that they've both not just sounded together but how long how well they've been getting along and and how they're kind of like almost kindred spirits because they've both had this job as being the lead singer of of, you know the the you know arguably the greatest power metal band ever um so it's really cool to see how like friendly they've gotten and they have such a great rapport together. and um, I'm so glad that they didn't go the route of like separating them on these on these songs and actually putting them together and seeing what it would sound more. like you know working together. It's, and this song is, is one of the better um, examples of, of them really working together.
0: It it would not have worked for me if they just split tracks. I, I don't think I would have enjoyed it nearly as much because it would have just seemed like this thing where they each recorded six or seven tracks, they threw them together and put out the album. But it, it was so much more than that. Uh, not only was it surprising that it worked together, but the fact that they were amenable to doing it, as you as you mentioned, and the fact that it actually comes across as sounding really good. It was a, it was a true true surprise. Um, and, and and kudos for Darius for, for for writing this track. He did a phenomenal job. And then we transitioned into another track, which is called Best Time. And it's funny because I I, I knew that Sasha wrote this song. I could just tell it was a Sasha track. What I didn't know was that Darius actually co-wrote the song with him. So I'm not sure who wrote what part. This is an interesting track. It's a shorter song, but I actually like how they trade verses here. I thought it was really, really fun. And then Kai doing the backing vocals I thought was a really nice touch on this track. And I think it's one of the things I like most about it. Hearing Kai do backing vocals for both of them is really, really fun.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of takes me back to like when you'd listen to really old live material and you'd hear Kai doing the backing vocals Um or even like the earlier um, Gamma Ray albums where Kai would do backing vocals for for Ralph Sheepers. Um This song I feel like is going to be so much fun in a live setting dude i
0: wrote that i'm gonna cut you off there i literally have in my notes the same exact thing this will be a surprisingly fun live tune that's a that's a direct quote from something i wrote to myself earlier this week i'm glad you agree
1: yeah i i feel like even though he wasn't credited i feel like kai hansen definitely had to have a part in this because the 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 beginning of the song um Reminded me a lot of Rich and Famous by Gamma Ray, so nice. um, I'm wondering if maybe he wrote the opening riff, but like not the bulk of the song, so he didn't get song credit. But this definitely sounds like it has some Kai Hansen fingerprints on it because he only really has um, one like full length songwriting credit on this album, and that's Skyfall, and then he also wrote the one minute intro to Skyfall called Orbit. Um, so, uh, and I, I know you said you were going to mention, you know that kai didn't do much but um i'm sure that he definitely you know there were licks and there were um you know riffs and stuff that he had his hands in throughout the album but um this definitely sounds like i definitely got a gamma ray vibe from this song
0: yeah I, I was i was really i i i, I like the song a lot on the disc but i cannot wait to hear it live um i'm actually curious and i'll ask you a little bit later on as to which of these tracks you think they'll actually play live and what you'd be most um curious to hear but we'll get to that then you get to mass pollution which originally i thought it would, it starts with like this dirty bass intro i thought it was going into dream theaters um the, the track from falling infinity this is the one that escapes me at this point but i thought it was going into that direction but then it obviously gets into this really heavy riff Daris starts screaming and and then i realized that this track not my favorite song on the album arguably the best darris vocal performance that he's ever had it
1: kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the bonus track from the dark ride uh, madness of the crowds i'm not sure off the top of my head i can't remember if darris wrote that i didn't love this song immediately Same. Same. but it, i every time i listen to it i like it even more and the chorus is catchy as hell yeah um, and he
0: sounds like and this goes back to what i was saying he sounds younger here I'm glad that he kind of, this was like a standout track for him because this is very much a, a quote unquote, uh, a modern Halloween track, as all these tracks are for, for, for all intents and purposes. But he just sounded young and vibrant here. And I loved it because none of these guys are getting any younger. None of us are, obviously, but it just, he, he, he sounded good here and it made up for what otherwise was not my favorite song on the album. Uh, and I, I, I and I don't think it was, the best Darius song, obviously, I think "Fear of the Fallen" is going to take that. Um, but it was it was an enjoyable listen for sure.
1: Yeah, um, I think this is another one that's going to be a really good live tune. Um, I don't know. I even I'm listening to it right now, and and I definitely I feel a little bit stronger about it every time I listen to it. Um, it's it does it reminds me a bit more of like Darius's earlier work with halloween um, it's kind of like a throwback Darius tune to me um, i really like the song um, i really like every song so that really shouldn't <laughs> come to a surprise but i thought this was um i thought this and actually i thought all three of the Darius songs that came after fear of the fallen i didn't love immediately but they, i've grown to like them quite a bit um yeah
0: i, I like them as well I, I, again, and again and the other two just for just to mark them is rise without change and 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 cyanide. I think Rise Without Chains might be the weakest track on the album, at least for me. Not that it's a bad song. It's just there's so much other meat on the bones here that it's 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 hard to love every single track. But um, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly gets better with every listen, for sure. Then we move into Angels, which is by no means a ballad, but one of the slower paced songs on the album.
1: Yeah. Um. So uh, they did they mentioned in the Jericho interview that um, they did write a ballad and they just found that it didn't, I guess, fit the album. So um, it's being saved for the next album. Um, this is uh, a song that Sasha wrote. I, and with um, Michael Kisk in mind and um, another awesome performance uh, by Michael back with the band again, but um Another song where the um, the chorus is just the the hooks in all of these choruses they just like get right they just like hook you right in like that's the word um, I I think we like mentioned like like there almost every song on this album has been stuck in my head at a different point in this week yeah. this one this one included um, and I think that was either this morning or yesterday morning. I can't remember. This week feels like it's been going on for a month. But, um, yeah, this was, like, I just wake up in the morning and I just hear that chorus in my head. And, and um, again, like, it really shows – I love that Sasha's, like, coming up to bat with the big guns because, you know, it's so easy to get lost in this sea of, you know, Wykey and Kai and, and Andy and, and uh, you know, th- these – songwriting giants and Sasha definitely holds his own here with this song it's uh th- yeah definitely more of a mid-paced tune with a couple of like slower
0: parts but um a- again just another another great tune and what I can't help but notice I-, I think of Kisk's vocals and he shines on this track I have to wonder if by just not having a ton of miles on his vocals that he's able to do a performance like this because the the note that he hits at the end of this track, he sounds like he's 18 again. So I had to go back and I went on YouTube and I was watching videos uh, from like 1988, 1989 when he was, you know, obviously much younger. He's so, and, and and quite frankly, even to this day, he's so good live. But I just don't think that he's got the miles on his, on his vocal cords that some of these other guys do. And that's why he's still able to hit these notes that he, you know, that he's still hitting 30 years later.
1: Yeah, you know, not touring extensively for 20 years is definitely going to... Save your your vocals from getting uh, you know torn up over the years. So I think that there's definitely something to be said for that.
0: Yeah, no, no question. We go into Rise Without Change, which I mentioned earlier, another Derris track, much faster and a, provides a very nice contrast, I think, to Angels because they really decided to speed it back up again. Phenomenal vocal harmonies at the beginning of the song. Um, I, I, I actually thought that waikey wrote it. To be honest with you, I was surprised that this was a Derris track. Um, in in certain parts it actually reminds me of before the war just because of the way it's kind of speedy and stuff like that um not my favorite track but certainly a, a good you know another good track in a string of a string of many yeah
1: this one is almost like the opposite to me where like the the verses are are really strong I feel like the chorus isn't as good as the rest of the song sure. um but again it's like you know, It's like, oh God, this song is only an eight and all the other songs are nines and tens. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's another, it's another, uh, really good song. The chorus is definitely very, um, Andy sounding, but, um, I, I definitely hear that before the war, uh, comparison, but, uh, very, this is a very, um, very Halloween, like classic Halloween sound to me, um. I feel like just I should point out overall this album does such a great job of of combining uh, aspects of the Keeper era Halloween with the early Andy Darris era of Halloween with the current era of Halloween, um, which I think is impressive because it covers an awful lot of ground.
0: And while I think it does harken back to the older eras, I think that by and large it does have a very modern feel to it. Uh, But it works. I mean, it, it reminds me of like... Just the the quality production and everything that you've heard on all the more recent releases, certainly heavy. Right? There's there's parts of this album that are extremely heavy. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Daniel Lobel's drums. What a monster that guy is. I mean, he's unheralded because he's in, in an all-star band, but the guy, you know, he just he, the, the guy behind the drums really holds this all together and he does a phenomenal job. And what I found was interesting was that part of this album was actually recorded on Ingo's drum kit from the keeper era, which is just like kind of sad but really, really nice to hear. Yeah, very cool
1: to just kinda keep that that sound as part of it. Because I mean, even going back to when they announced this Pumpkins United tour, before I think they even had any clue that they would be recording an album, you know, they announced this lineup of of band members and they and they Ingo was in there as if he were still part of the band. So um that's kind of a cool way of kind of keeping him as
0: a part of, of the, you know, the proceeding. So totally. And that, you know, that's really like the first, uh, the first side of the album, if you will, the seventh track is indestructible, which is the only Marcus Graskov tune on the album, but it's also one of my favorites. And it, again, it makes me yearn for more of his tracks because I think he's a really underrated songwriter. It's the, the bridge and the chorus on this album just gets stuck in your head and I just keep thinking it's a fight. It's it's just a really good song. Kai has a nice touch on the on the on on one of the early choruses as well. A ve- just a just your it's a standard Halloween power metal track, but it's another track that's uh, well done and, and one of the more inspired tracks I think on the album. Yes,
1: um, this is another track that is um, d- uh, very Darius heavy vocally, um, and another fantastic job. This is a really catchy tune um this one this song leaked um so i had heard it uh, somebody had posted it to youtube so i'd heard it before the album came out um the quality was pretty bad but um i could tell that this was going to be a good a good tune and and so you know you have the the chorus has um kisk and kai but then the the, the uh the verses have andy um it's just really a well done track and and it's a testament to what an underrated songwriter Marcus has been over the years, because he's always had the least amount of songwriting credits. And I'm not even sure he has any songwriting credits on the, the two keeper albums outside of B sides. Um, But I mean, over the years, he always has like one or two songs on Halloween's albums and they always end up being like the, some of the more memorable tunes. And this is definitely another one. And and again, another song that I think is going to be a real, um, a real banger in a live setting.
0: Yeah, I, it's going to be... It, it, I, I look forward to this. I think that that's going to be one of the better live tunes as opposed to the next track, which I will be... I, I'm going to go on record and say that Robot King will never be played live. And I'll tell you why in a little bit, but this is this is a Waikie track. And, uh, you know, just by looking at the name, you knew it was a Waikie track because it's got that Waikie cheese factor that we all love. But it's... it's uh, this this track is is has phenomenal solos. Again, it goes back to the fact that I think that uh, D- uh, Daniel is just an absolute machine behind the kit. But I-, I just don't see him playing it live because this was this was his way, Waiky's way of telling Darius and Kisk f you. The the high notes <laughs> that these guys have to <laughs> sing through this entire song is ridiculous, and I'm not I've never heard Darius hit notes like this. And quite frankly, I didn't know Kiss could still hit these notes. It is, it is not my favorite track overall, but there are elements of this song which are just mind-blowingly good. This is, um,
1: this is without for the glory as my. I'm going to say my two favorite. It's going to come down to one of these two. But these are my two favorite songs on the album. So it's crazy. It's you a know, crazy su- track. No surprise that it was a Waikiki tune. I didn't love it at first. And the more I listen to it, that that chorus is arguably the, the catchiest chorus I've heard in forever. Um, this song, it's a seven-minute just... Uh, Wy- Wykey's just... Th- these two tracks just unbelievable output by him and and i'm not at all surprised because he some of my all-time favorite Halloween songs during the entire duration of the band have come from from you know his songwriting and these two songs um uh, this i i I don't even know what to say i like this song is it like you said it features just such unbelievable vocal performances by both andy and and michael and um (sighs) that just oh my god the chorus is just so good it's such an awesome song um and it's there's so many layers to it and i think that's why i probably didn't love it at first but um now that i've heard it like five or six times it's it's easily one of my you know two favorite songs on the album and
0: you agree there's no way they're going to be able to pull that off no live? there's no
1: I, I in fact i actually thought about that um while listening to it that i was like they're not going to play this live which, they is, can. A shame,
0: which is a shame because it's it's absolutely uh, just beautiful just if a- you if you go back into the archives there are songs that i'd i'd kill to hear live i think falling higher on better than raw comes to mind it's one of my favorite tracks they'll never play these songs live. I just, I, I I'm resigned to the fact that there's certain songs that they just, you sing that song. You can't sing the rest of the set.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's true. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, like I said, it would be a shame for, to not bust this out live, but I can completely understand why they wouldn't. Um, This, this was just, I feel like every time I listen to it, I just like it that much more. I mean, just, just an awesome track i i Wyke's still uh he's my favorite my favorite metal songwriter ever i i really do say that in all truth like he's just my favorite yeah just my absolute favorite metal songwriter of all time so i'm not at all surprised that my two favorite tracks from this album were written by him
0: what did you think of cyanide which was the next
1: deris track one of the shorter tracks on the album I, I didn't like it initially, and now I love it. I,
0: <laughs> I, I this is aging like a fine wine. I can yeah, tell. And,
1: and I think the fact that it had to follow Robot King and Indestructible kind of, you know, it's like, but I, actually, in retrospect, like the placement is perfect to have like this this crunchy ass song. Um, it, I I think this is great. Um, another song that Andy wrote, um, I, I that I just. Um, it didn't do anything for me initially. And now I I love it. And again, put it on the list of songs that I think are, are going to sound kick ass live.
0: Yeah. I, another track, I think that you have a very good chance of seeing down the line. Um, just because it's, it's, it's got that crunch. It's an easily recognizable deris tune, but it's, it's, he did a good job with that one for sure. And then you get to the last wakey track, which is down in the dumps, right? And this is, again, you've got Kai doing leads in certain sections. Um, it's got that like what I would call the Halloween gallop through the song where, you know, where you can just tell us that crunchy, chunky Halloween. And again, I would just call it a gallop for lack of a better term. Um, I, I think that this was another inspired track by Wakey and I love it. It's awesome solos and, and the Kisk sections were just tailor made for him. Uh, one of the one of the things he does on this track is he seems to be able to hold certain notes Uh, in terms of like holding his breath and then just change the pitch of the tune, which is something we'd really never heard from him. They heard him do before. I thought it was kind of nice. One of my favorite tracks on the disc for sure. This is not one of my favorite tracks on the
1: disc. And, and it's kind of surprising because it's, it's, you know, another Wikey song. And there are a lot of elements of Wikey's songwriting in here. I just think that the chorus is kind of bland. Other, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really good song like I said there are no bad songs in this album but um maybe I just need to listen to it a bit more um the vocal performances are, are great as as they are in all the tracks but could i could also fly. be a bit
0: of a fatigue factor right because now at this point you're on the 10th track uh you have been on a bit of a journey with like just all you've had to kind of endure to, with with the, obviously the multiple vocalists and everything else so by this point you might just have a little bit of a fatigue factor um, I found that there was one time that I listened to this where I couldn't listen to it straight through, so I stopped um, right before Robot King. Right, and so I played the first seven tracks, then I played Robot King later on, and I played the rest of the album. So Down in the Dumps was a lot fresher to me, and I loved it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I just think that the um, the the song is like really good, and then the, then it gets to the chorus, the Down in the Dumps part, and it's just kind of like eh, it's kind of an uninspired chorus to me and and it it almost reminds me of now mind you i don't agree with this opinion but i remember somebody um when rabbit don't come easy came out um saying that like sun for the world is like this is such a good song and then it gets to the chorus and the chorus is so blah compared to the rest of the song and i mean that's kind of how i felt about this um again i have plenty of time to change my mind as this album is all of a week old but um uh it's probably my it's probably my least favorite song on the album, in all honesty, because mm. just because of the I thought the chorus just was kind of a bit of a letdown compared to the rest of the tune.
0: Well, if it was a letdown, things are about to pick up because they have this short, we'll call it a uh, intro track with orbit, which obviously makes sense considering the name. and then you go into Skyfall, which undoubtedly the twelve minute version of this track is my track of the week. It might be my track of the of the last two decades for Halloween. I think it's probably my favorite track since Better Than Raw. Maybe my favorite track. Uh, I don't want to say ever. We're, we're not there yet. I love this tune. I love everything about it. It feels like four minutes. Um, I thought that it, what it made me yearn for, again, is, is just more Kai Hansen, right? Because I love his Gamma Ray stuff. Obviously, I love the, the Halloween stuff that he did early on in his career, he is the, he, he deserves an award for writing this particular track because it is, I said to myself, why are they releasing such a long single? It makes sense. This song is everything you could have wanted about this whole reunion in 12
2: minutes.
1: I mean, you, you're not going to have a, a Halloween, you know, Keeper era reunion and not have a, like a long epic track in the vein of Halloween and, and Keeper of the Seven Keys. And, and this certainly deserves to be mentioned in that high company um, along with A King for a Thousand Years, which is a, another classic tune that was on the uh, Keeper of the Seven Keys, the legacy album, which by the way, I had mentioned to you early today that, that title should have been saved for this album. Um, and I guess they probably realized there wasn't a, a name for this album that would make it worthwhile, so they just called it Halloween. But um, <laughs> this is what should have been the Keeper of the Seven Keys, the legacy, because this is the legacy of Halloween on full display. And, and this song, um, I mean, again, it's it's definitely um, – this is showcasing all three vocalists. It's Kai at his best shades of gamma ray shades of um keeper era halloween you even i noticed it took me till my sixth or seventh listen to the song earlier today to realize that kai was singing saying somewhere out in space at the very end of the song which is uh throwback to an episode we did a few weeks ago from a you know a gamma ray album that came out quite a while ago um so obviously and and the the, the material the the song right yeah, the lyrical material clearly is about um you know uh life from outer space and and things of that nature extraterrestrial life which is right up the alley of that album somewhere out in space so this is almost kind of like kai's little uh sequel to that album but only with halloween instead of gamma ray and and it it makes me wonder if maybe kai's songwriting is being saved for gamma ray It it certainly doesn't feel like that they're an active band but um I was also very surprised that he had one full song to his credit on this album. Although it's very clear that he had his, his fingerprints on quite a, a bit of things going on here as, as well as, you know, backing vocals and smaller vocal parts throughout. But um, yeah, this is definitely just Kai at his absolute songwriting best. And, and it's, it's really is just kind of a, a, a nod to those keeper era albums where kai and Wykey were just these this these, these, the songwriting dynamo the two of them just writing you know classic after classic you know Waiky busts out an eagle fly free and a dr steen and then kai comes back with a march of time and an i want out and you know Waiky's like well you know or kai writes halloween and Wykey's like well right, will write keeper the seven keys yeah. these guys these guys as a pair it was almost unfair to other bands that both of these guys were writing these out of this world songs for just this one band. And, and, you know, it's no wonder that, you know, Marcus didn't have any songwriting credits and Kisk had very few. And and speaking of which that was one of the only real um, complaints I had about this album is that there's not, not even a B side that was um, that was written predominantly by Michael Kisk, which I, I really enjoy. There are some, songs that he wrote in the earlier era that um you know he had some of i guess i kind of call it like some of the quirkier halloween songs because his songwriting style was different than what kai and and were were putting out but you know you ended up with songs like a little time and you ended up with you always walk alone and we got the right which to me, are, uh, are Halloween classics in their own right, and then, yeah. and then even his, you know, his last few years with Halloween, he would go on to write, you know, Kids of the Century, uh, which is one of my favorite Halloween songs, uh, the the fantastic and incredibly underrated ballad uh, Your Turn, and then uh, would go on to do, um, uh, you know, When the Sinner and I Believe, and then finally Longing, which was his, you know, last track on a halloween album for uh, up until now um but you know he he had some good songs and his solo albums had some good songs and um so it would have been cool to hear him do something on here and maybe he will on the next one um maybe he just wasn't interested in doing that at this point but uh, it would have been fun to have a quirky song from kisk that probably didn't seem like it fit with the rest of the album but at the same time totally did
0: yeah, I, I agree with you. As much as as I was saying, Skyfall was to me like just a perfect culmination of what this album was and what I wanted from it. There were a few things that it was definitely missing. It was definitely missing at least one Kiss track, I, quirky or otherwise. I wanted him to have a song on the album. And again, I know that they wrote a ballad. I would have liked to have heard a ballad on this album. I, I just wanted to hear one, whether they were doing the exchanging vocals or what have you, I, you know. When I think about some of those classic Halloween tunes, I, I think about some of the ballads. And, and, and I just thought that this missed that. Even as a B-side, I would have loved it. And and by the way, the B-sides in this album are pretty, pretty spectacular. Golden Times, for example, one of my absolute favorites. And I can understand why they didn't put it on the album. It probably wouldn't have fit. But as a standalone B-side, a really good tune. Um, but I'm hoping that there's a ballad on the next one. And I'm hoping there is a next one because I thoroughly enjoyed this for what it was.
1: Yeah. I mean, man, if the, if the reviews have anything to say about it, then this might be Halloween's lineup for the, you know, the, the next God knows how many years, because this is being, this album is being heavily lauded by everybody that's listened to it and reviewed it. Um, I enjoy the B sides as well. Golden times is really a catchy tune. Sasha wrote this one. Um, it doesn't really fit that the rest of the album, I think, as well. But as a B-side, yeah, it's a really good tune. Um, I also I, I like the other tunes as well. Um, Save My Hide, which was an Andy song, and We Are Real by Marcus, which actually is like the most you're going to hear Kai Hansen sing on this entire album is yeah. on this uh, this yeah. Japanese bonus track. And also, um, some of the versions of the album also have pump, uh, the Pumpkins United track thrown in there as well, which you know for for completion's sake might as well be on here because it's you know the same lineup um i uh i, I really don't have anything super negative to say i have like little little qualms but um nothing that t- took away from my overall enjoyment of of this absolutely phenomenal album and i loved the previous album, "My God Given Right," I, I kind of got into a chat with some uh, other big Halloween fans that that didn't think it was that good. I thought it was my favorite Halloween album in in, in a long time. I thought that the songwriting was so good on that, and, and for them to follow this up with this, it's not just the fact that Kai and and Michael Kiske are back in the band and on here. That's definitely part of it, but I mean. What really carries this album is just absolutely top flight songwriting by everyone involved.
0: It was six years, but they uh, let, let's put it this way. They they left you wanting more after this album only because of how great it was. I don't and, and we'll, we'll obviously rate it on a scale of one to ten like we always do. But first, I want to ask you, what is your song of the week? It's time to it's time to pick one.
1: Uh man, it's such a it's so hard to pick between these two wikey tunes. Um I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with Robot King just because I think it's it's a little bit different. But I mean, I would recommend that anybody, I mean, listen to both tracks, but hell, listen to the whole damn album because it's, it's phenomenal. But yeah, I'm going to say Robot King, um, but I mean, it's, it's basically a tie between those two songs. I I,
0: I totally understand. And and it's interesting because I'm about to give my rating on this album from a scale of one to 10. I have to think that this is going to have the staying power that a lot of their other albums, if not all of them do. So the, the number may come in artificially low, but that's just because I need to see where it is a year from now or five years from now or 20 years from now. Um, It's, it is an 8.75 for me. And the only reason it's not a nine is because it's been out for six days.
1: Okay. It's a 9.5 for me because it's just that good and it, it's gonna probably get better as as it as it ages like a fine wine and, and and as we get to hear these songs played live and they become part of the you know the 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 typical live catalog but I mean as far as I'm concerned like it's it's pretty goddamn hard to make an album better than this I mean this especially for me to to love this album after only six days as much as I do I mean it's Uh, To me, like, I I think that this is, yeah, it's a 9.5, which, with with the potential to be a 10 at at some point in time. Uh, I'll be
0: curious what to revisit this. And I have a feeling we'll be talking about it again when we do our uh, top 50 lists. I'm sure it'll be in both of ours or our top 25s or what have you. I want to see where it winds up. And although I think it's going to wind up at or near the top for both of us, I think it'll be a real testament to its staying power as we listen to other stuff over the, you know, the second half of the year.
1: Definitely. Um, that being said, um, I can tell you right now that I'm going to be, I'm going to be revisiting this album pretty much regularly for the rest of the year and, and beyond. Um, it's just that good, and I mean, I've been pretty, you know, clear and and and, and you know, uh, pretty honest about the fact that this is one of my all time favorite bands. So that part doesn't. You know, hurt the love either. So um yeah, and, but and, know, and, in a way, and, it could
0: right because it, it it's clear it's easy to be disappointed when you when they are one of your favorites. Yeah,
1: and, and and like I said before, like this was a reunion that I've dreamt about since I was a teenager and was absolutely convinced was never going to happen. And so the fact that like it's been a week of me listening to it happening, and uh and the fact that I still haven't seen the live performance, um, I, I, I am so excited. And, you know, as much as it was amazing that they came out and played, you know, 25 to 30 classic Halloween songs, um, I'm really looking forward to the next tour where we're going to get all those classic songs, but all these new classic songs sprinkled in as well. And hopefully, you know, they decide to, to dig into the the deep tracks a little bit live and pull out some... I mean, this is an opportunity to pull out some, you know, like you said, some falling hires or some really, like, you know, some songs that you just uh, wouldn't expect to hear or something, you know, weird that Kisk, you know, wrote
0: back in the day on Chameleon. I mean, just something...
1: Um, it, I hope that,
0: and that- you don't have to do a whole set of it, right? But just through, for, for for the hardcore fans that have been wanting to see this stuff, and I have to say, in full disclosure, those Pumpkin United shows, and I caught two of them, um, both here in New York City. I've never seen a concert better than that in my life. I truly haven't, and I and I I, I had always had certain concerts in my top three. First and foremost was an Avantasia show I saw in Canada back in 2013. I thought it was just out, you know, out of this world, and I referenced that during our Avantasia show. Then there was a Dream Theater show where they had recorded a DVD on the scenes from a memory tour here in New York, and they played for nearly four hours. That show is also in my top of shows that I've ever seen. But to see this band as, as tight as they were and to hear all the classic tracks that you could ever imagine – you know, wrapped in this two and a half hour set. I, I I just, it was, it was mind blowing. And I'll tell you when they come back, I'm going to make a point of seeing multiple shows because it was, I, I could watch them do it every night. But to your point, I would love if they would just sprinkle in for some of the hardcore fans, a couple of real offbeat tracks here and there, just to kind of keep you guessing a little bit. And just like I said, I, when, when I saw the second show of two nights here in New York, they played kids of the century and I lost my mind. I thought it was the coolest thing.
1: Yeah, if I was at a show and they just like – I mean, to use an example of a song that they will almost – definitely won't play uh mankind from uh the pink bubbles go ape album which was written by roland which is probably why we won't hear it um but i mean if they busted out a song like that i would lose my mind i mean there's just so many there's so many hidden gems i don't know how hidden they are being that it's halloween but there's so many gems that are you know outside of the eagle fly freeze and the i want outs and the dr steens that you know they that are you know uh live live staples um but man this this band's been around for so long and, and this is their this this album is their 16th album so i mean you know and, and a band that is rife with b-sides and bonus tracks that are are, are just as good as a lot of bands a-side material so i mean there's a there's a just a plethora of of song options that um i mean they could play you know, two nights in a row and have two completely separate set lists. And it would be just as good to me. Um, Not that, you know, that would ever happen, but um, they, there's, they have enough material that they could do, you know, 50 songs in two nights and
0: not even stress the
1: surface. Yeah. And and both shows would be phenomenal.
0: Well, there you have it. We're looking forward to it. I think we can uh, easily say that. Um, But yeah, so it was,
1: it was, it was just okay.
0: uh... (laughs) Yeah, so you didn't like it, huh? Uh, That'll bring us to next week. And uh, obviously, uh, the first week of July, just like the first week of every month, is Request Week. And I think that uh, we've got one um, from one of our longtime listeners, Daniel Lee. And I think it was a very appropriate request. And it's a band that I'm almost surprised we haven't done yet. What is surprising is the album from that band. And I say that because it's an album of a band that I love, but an album that I've never heard. Namely... Amorphous's Elegy, which came out in 1996. I will be honest and say that I have been a huge fan of this band for the last, I want to say like the last 10 years or so, and I went back and I've loved, I'd say the last six or seven albums that the band has done, but for some reason I never went back and listened to this particular album, so it's going to be new for me, but I, I certainly have an idea as to what to expect. And I'll kind of get into the reasons why I never went back, or you know, further into the back catalog, and why I've only been a fan for about ten years. This is a band that
1: I didn't—I didn't think I would like when I first heard them, and I—I don't know what the hell was wrong with me because (laughs) they're—they're so good. And seeing them live just made me appreciate them even more. Um, Just an incredible live band, but you know, their last. You know, like you said, for like five, six, seven albums are just so consistently so good. good. Consistent, um, yeah. They
0: they are the model of consistency, as far as I'm concerned. It's, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's... I just think that they have mastered the art of just of of just the the hooks in their songs that just that grab you, and um, it, it's such a the uh, his vocals too. Just both the 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 scream the screams and the clean vocals. He's such a great vocalist. I mean, so. I'm looking forward to this a lot and and it's an album I'm not familiar with. Um, so this will be really great going from like a band that I know I'm going to, you know, lose my mind over with Halloween to a band I know that I like, but an album that I haven't heard. So um, exactly. Yeah. Look, looking
0: forward to this very much. So, so as am I, and then I'll come back next week with a, with a choice of my own, but until then uh, we hope you enjoyed some Halloween. We look forward to doing some amorphous, and we will uh, we will catch you soon. I will uh, talk to you later, but I hope all is well.
1: Uh, you got it. I am going to listen to this album again tomorrow, <laughs> even, though <laughs> I, I, we, I, even though we even though we recorded the episode already. Um, that I will. This will not stop me from continuing to listen. <laughs> this. I'm going to listen to this album every day until it gets to the point where I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to stop.
0: Well, I mean, you could have done that with Keeper too. You'd still be listening 30 years later. So for whatever that's worth. Yeah, that's very true. Enjoy, bud. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Take care.